Hello and welcome to Capital Ideas. We call it that because this is a place where members of the Democratic majority in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. My guests today are Anila Afzali, the Executive Director of the American Muslim Empowerment Network, which is a new initiative of the Muslim Association of Puget Sound, and Representative Derek Stanford of Bothell. That's the first legislative district. Representative Stanford is the sponsor of a very significant bill this year, and Ms. Afzali is here because of obvious reasons. We recorded this on Monday, March 13, 2017. Just a week ago, I had two other guests here who were here to talk about anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim sentiments and actions that had been going on, the hate crimes and hate speech. And only a week has gone by, and now there's more. And we're back to talk about this again with a little bit different slant. Thank you for, for having me. And I'm here to really sort of bring attention to the fact that we are seeing an increase in hate crimes uh, and hate incidents against different communities, including the American Muslim community. And we saw this even before, uh, you know, 2015 was our record level of hate crimes against Muslims in our country. And this has been following uh, decades of uh, misinformation and conspiracy theories being spread against American Muslims in our country by politicians, by commentators, and we really need to put a stop to it because when you allow for one form of bigotry or hatred against any community, that opens the door to forms of bigotry and hatred and hate crimes against other communities as well. And we are seeing that affecting other communities today as well, including the Jewish community, including the Indian American community, the Sikh American community. So it really is something that we all have to stand against. I'm glad you're here to do so. Thank you. Representative Stanford. So I'm here because uh, there's been a rising tide of uh, hate crimes, hateful speech, bullying in our schools, uh, and and that leads to fear in our communities, uh, justified fear. Uh, and I think that's something that we all have to stand up to address. My district is home to uh, a large number of people who are religious minorities. and. We want to stand together as a community and make sure that everyone feels welcome and safe and is able to just go to work and, and be part of the community uh, and not have to deal with uh, this hateful rhetoric that, that we're seeing at the national level that's, that's filtering down uh, into our communities. And it does seem like that's what's going on. I, I asked last week, I asked Representative Sin and Rabbi Weiner. They both agreed that there is a tone being set at the top that seems to have lifted up some rocks and and we're seeing what's coming out from under it and it's people that have maybe been a little more embarrassed about who they were for a while and now they seem to be proud. Can I just add, too, that I'm also here to support Representative Stanford in the bill that he's introducing. We need more political leaders to take action like this, to stand up for what's right and take action to protect all of our communities, recognizing that we're all in this together. And this gives us a good opportunity. Your bill was mentioned in last week's podcast. For people that didn't listen to it, can you explain what your bill is and also tell me a little bit about the prospects for the bill? Sure. It's House Bill 2097. And what it does is uh, it tries to do what we can as a state to make sure that we're not contributing to hateful actions or to efforts of the federal government to set up a religious registry of our residents. 
It also puts protections in place for essentially the privacy of people's religious affiliation so that in the private sector employers uh, shouldn't be able to ask questions about that or share that information. So that's the idea of the bill. It, it really grew out of trying to figure out what we can do at the state level to respond in clear, concrete ways to provide what protections we can here in Washington for religious minorities. Given that at this point in the session, it's too late for any more bills to be introduced, essentially. In addition to this, in addition to the other bill that, that would establish a hotline for reporting hate crimes, particularly those based on a person's immigration status, their religion, their color. What else can the legislature do and what else can the Muslim community do, the interfaith community do at this point, given that we're not going to have any more new laws unless those two pass? How can we combat this just in our community? Uh, certainly uh, our leaders, political leaders, business leaders, community leaders, faith leaders, all of them should take every opportunity to speak about the lives and contributions of the American Muslims, the Indian Americans, Sikh Americans, Jewish Americans that they know to help humanize and personalize people, particularly with American Muslims, because we are a minority that is demonized right now and a minority that a lot of people do not know. You know, six out of 10 Americans do not personally know an American Muslim, so it's very easy to dehumanize a community you don't know. So if political leaders could take the opportunity to write letters to the editor, you know, letters at seattletimes.com to share sort of a, what they know about the lives and contributions of the American Muslims in their life, in their district, and in their area, and the contributions that we all make. And this is something that everyday Americans can do too. Every single person has this incredible power and potential to really make a difference and potentially change the narrative and help avoid or, or prevent hate crimes, especially against children that we're seeing, the bullying that we're seeing against kids. This is a way that every single American can feel empowered to make a difference. And also, get to know your neighbors. Go out and meet and get to know your neighbors, especially over a meal. We just had one this past weekend at, at our mosque where we invited the community and more people should take opportunities to learn about each other, get to know each other, uh, realize who their neighbors are, learn more about Islam, um, find ways to sort of t make a strong stand for justice, for unity, and our shared American values. You mentioned your mosque, and that reminds me that your mosque has recently been a target of some sort of vandalism. Is this correct? That's correct. We had our mosque sign vandalized twice in less than a month. It was really unfortunate and devastating to have something like that happen because it really was an attack on our entire community. And not just the Muslim community, but the entire greater Redmond area where we exist because we provide through our mosque services for the entire community, including a medical clinic, feeding the, the homeless, uh, providing you know clothing drives, blood drives, interfaith opportunities, educational programming, and we have a Sunday school, uh, Islamic school for children too. So it really was an attack on all of us. But what was beautiful was seeing all of the outpouring of community support that we had in response. So that individual act of hate was countered by overwhelming communal support and solidarity, and, and that was beautiful to see. Derek, how about as a legislator, what can be done now, given that we're not going to have any more new laws unless those two pass? How, how can we combat this just in our community? Uh, there's quite a bit we can do. As was mentioned earlier, just making human connections between people is the most important thing. So offering ways that our community can get to know each other I think is really critical. 
the Islamic Center of Bothell is having an open house next weekend, uh, I'll be at that, and I invite everyone to, to join into that. It's things like that where you can just get to know people as people, as regular individuals, and see that there's nothing to be afraid of here. You know, our kids play soccer together. This is what a community looks like. We, we don't all look the same. We don't all have the same religion, but we're a community. Uh, that's the way it's been. And I, I don't understand why at the national level people want to drag us into some kind of conflict that's totally pointless. At our town halls this past weekend, these topics came up and that was another opportunity we had to talk about these issues and, and talk about how we need to just come together and, and be people with each other. Uh, and, and it's not just about religion, it's, it's about many things. We are stronger when we work together. We're stronger when we have communities that are thriving and living together and just working hard for the future. At your town hall, did you detect any antagonism at all? In my district at the town hall, the audience was largely sympathetic. I think that there were a few people who disagreed and maybe they were uh, a little quieter about that. But regardless, I think it's, it's important to put that message out there and to remind people that, that we all need to be carrying this message. We all need to be uh, working on this right now because it really is a critical time to make sure that we stop this flow of hate speech and turn the tide on that. We need to stop it early. Anila, are you in touch with other organizations in other communities, other states, uh, interfaith organizations, or specifically Muslim organizations, to try to build some sort of grassroots resistance to the kind of kind of hate that is being expressed so much now? Yeah, well, we're certainly working here locally. Uh, my organization is new, AMEN, the American Muslim Empowerment Network. It's about three months old, so relatively new, but I know I will be working sort of across state lines as well down the road. For now, really trying to build coalitions with other minority communities and our friends and allies to really help mobilize people toward effective action. Uh, really helping build the coalitions that we all need to sort of be able to present that solid front against any kind of injustice because we all want to stand on our shared American values of religious freedom, of diversity, of tolerance, of coming together and really upholding justice for all. And that's what I'm focused on right now is that coalition building piece and also education. Education about Islam and Muslims because again the majority of Americans don't know much about that. So there's that and then also leveraging media properly. Uh, and helping media represent the reality as opposed to the fiction and fear-mongering that is oftentimes spread uh, and really helping people realize realities like the fact that Muslims have been part of America since before our country was a, was a nation, was an independent nation. Uh, and over 50,000 American Muslims uh, are doctors saving lives every day. Over 10,000 American Muslims serve in our nation's defense forces you know, on our front lines and some have even given their, uh, their lives for our country. These are the kinds of facts that actually contradict some of the false narrative and fear-mongering that is being spread. And it really is fear, isn't it? There's, I think, behind most forms of anger or hatred, basically if you peel those things away, what you get down to is that there are fearful people, yes. and that's how they're acting out. Absolutely. And there are people who are perpetuating that fear, and that's part of the problem. If more people took a stand and not allowed that fear to sort of consume them, we would all be better off. And that's why, as, as Representative Stanford mentioned, it's so important to build those personal connections. That's one of the things we uh, absolutely need to uh, all be engaging in, building those personal connections and building coalitions. 
In my introduction, I promised that this would be a relatively brief podcast, and I want to make sure that I keep to my word. At this point, what haven't I asked you about you would like to make sure that people get to hear? Well, I'll just mention that when my bill, HB 2097, received a, a vote in the House, it actually did come out unanimously. I was very happy to see that. I think that different people have different reasons for supporting that, but I think it shows that there's a recognition that religious registries and this kind of divisiveness trying to tear us apart based on religion, it's contrary to American values. It's contrary to Washington values. So I was happy to see us all come together and, and vote for that bill, and uh, I hope it proceeds in the Senate. Anila? Yeah, what I would add is the, when, we, when people see or hear hate speech or politicians or commentators engage in hate speech against minorities, uh, like the American Muslim community, uh, they really should think about the impact on kids, on the millions of you know, young American Muslim kids growing up across our nation who should be entitled to the same hopes and dreams that any young American has, and to be able to pursue those in America, and recognizing that hate speech really leads to hate crimes. So I wish that politicians and commentators would focus more on that and think about the impact of their words and um, help uh, provide an opportunity for all Americans in our country. As I said, I'm honored to have both of you here. I really appreciate you sharing a few minutes with Capital Ideas. Thank you very much, Anila and Derek. That's Anila Afzali and Representative Derek Stanford. Thank you. Thank you very much Thank for you. having us. And that's today's conversation. If you feel like the last few minutes were worthwhile, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas on iTunes or at housedemocrats.wa.gov. This is your state government. What happens here matters a lot. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats. Thank you for listening.